Wasn't it dope that said, the bike to bike, that's all I like. Well, not for us. We cover life on and off the bike. You're listening to the Live Slow, Ride Fast podcast. When love ain't winning and mood starts swinging, the devil's grinning, he keeps on singing. Hearts get heavy and time's an enemy. Today we are doing something different. We have all heard of the men and women that ride across continents with their bike. Deprived of sleep, sleeping in the ditch, just riding, days sometimes weeks in a row, solo and unsupported. Well, today we dive into the amazing world of ultra-endurance bike riding and into the mind of one of its stars. In the last two days, we went bush. Bikepacking in the Girona Mountains. Apart from the fact that we slept in a toilet, more on that later, we were shown around by nobody less than Jack. Jack Thompson, aka Jack the Ultra Cyclist. A guy that has always been motivated by the extreme, the ridiculous and the challenging. This is what his website says. Born and raised in Perth, Western Australia, Jack now resides in Girona, Spain. Fed up with the life behind the computer screen and the monotony of a 9-to-5 grind. In 2015, Jack decided to pursue his passion for ultra-distance cycling. Fast forward three years, Jack is now considered by media outlets around the world as the most extreme cyclist on earth. The most extreme cyclist on earth. Okay, there must be a story behind that. So let's find out. Here's a special episode with a guy that plans to ride the 2020 Tour de France, finishing in Paris ahead of the pros, but give them a 10 days head start, out of courtesy. He's a well-bred bloke, Jack. Here's his story. It's time for your monthly dose of cycling gebubble. My name is Steven Bolt, and sitting right next to me, former pro cyclist, Laurens Tendam. Boom! So, so, guys, Jesus, are, are we up to it? How are you? We are, we are yeah, Paul, man, I must admit, I'm a little bit of tired yeah. after the last two days. Before we start, where are we? We are in the apartment of Jack Ultra Cyclist. That's how I know him. I don't, I don't even know his <laughs> last name since the intro, so <laughs> since your intro, so, so since one minute, I know he's Thompson, but uh, I. I know him as Jack Ultra Cyclist. He pops up in my Insta feed like that. So, uh, in the middle of Girona, basically. Yeah. On yeah. top of uh, a Raymond shop. Just to dive into the podcast. So like Dive into that <laughs> Raymond story. So, we are going bikepacking for two days in a row. And I uh, and Jack tells me, yeah, yeah, when, uh, tomorrow when we, when we arrive, we can, I, I, live, I live above a Raymond shop. You know, Japanese soup noodle soup and and we could we could have uh we, we we could have dinner there you know where we arrive and I, i'm like oh, fuck no i mean i'm i'm one week in spain i'm not going to eat japanese noodles when i'm in the middle of girona with all the nice restaurants and good wine and stuff like that turns out we have a two-day bike trip you know like i'm totally hammered shattered whatever finally back in my ibis budget hotel we arrived here, we were going to do the podcast before dinner to find afterwards a nice dinner at Horse Category, one of the main cycling restaurants. Tonight is Barcelona Internationale Champions League. So I was looking forward to that, but I was so hungry. And I said, you were, not, you, were, you were not hungry, you were <laughs> I, I hangry. Was I was, oh man, and those noodles were the best noodles I ever so ate. So Lawrence <laughs> went into the shop for the listener, went to the shop and we were having a little chat with the, with the owner. And he came in and he said, he pointed at his <laughs> picture. He said, this I want. <laughs> yeah, I needed, I needed food badly. So I was to, I'm two days in Spain. Yesterday, I only ate shit for dinner because there was no restaurant open. And tonight we ate uh, the best noodles ever, in my opinion. And, uh, uh, hunger is the, be- is the best cook, <laughs> the best chef. Welcome to the pot, Jack. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, let's dive into it. Straight away, how did we do? I think because, did, because uh, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, 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 uh, uh, I'll formulate it differently. What did we do in the last two days? And, so, and then <laughs> answer the question: How did we do? <laughs> we set off from Girona and we left pretty late. I was a little bit concerned at the time we left, so we departed at uh, four o'clock, just after four, and with sunrise at. Sunset at 5.30, we had an hour and a half of riding before it got dark, 
and I knew we had some gravel ahead of us, so we did the first little bit on the road, and we hit the gravel as it was getting dark, did 70k, slept in a toilet block, more on that later. Uh, we didn't have a proper dinner, and then today we basically did it all again, but we did 120ks of gravel and exploring, and yeah, look, I reckon you guys did well. We were all cold oh, last boom. night. I want a high five. <laughs> so it, this so was basically we did... 200k in two days not even but we did well yeah. you know like that yeah. guy on the on the other end of the table does it in in half a day but let's cut it into little pieces <laughs> because in our defense we were on our maiden bikepacking trip yeah first time and we were standing on the our our, our bikes were still on the parking lot with all the, the the bags and stuff like that in and there were about 10 people watching us <laughs> <laughs> looking every two minutes on their on their uh, on their watch because they also wanted to go, and we were yeah we still had to pack all our shit you know I just threw everything I thought I might need on a bike pack trip into my bike bag you know shipped it in uh, a hurry. flew in a hurry uh, Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon you know and then I sh- uh, yeah then we flew here and actually I still had to organize everything and for Steve and Kans the same. So, like, what do you need? Do you need an extra chamois? I took an extra chamois, an uh, extra yeah. bib short. Turned out I had 26 hours of chamois time in the same bib short, you know. <laughs> I carried a clean bib short with me. Tw- <laughs> for, for oh, you had two? Sh- you had two uh, I, t- I brought an extra one because I'm used to, like, everyday new shorts or new pants because I don't want to have a saddle source, you know. No, like, no. So I was like, okay, whatever it takes, I take... You limit your chamois time. Yeah. That's the the, the 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 hours you have the same bib short on. That's yeah. called chamois time. <laughs> Normally... Chamois time is training time, they say, but yeah. that would be a 28-hour 20, training day that <laughs> we did. Really so terrible. I didn't took it off because it was, so, it was so bloody cold last night. Like I was like, I'm not taking... Uh, I, I didn't even want to be one, one second to... to, to, to take on a new fresh chevy i was so so I, I actually so i brought mad. too much but uh i was really happy with my with my preferred jacket like how how hustled that yeah, is uh, that was good, and i was also happy with the sleeping mat he gave me and what did i forgot uh headlamp i had a headlamp that was good uh yeah so all the bike pack essentials i think i got it but I was a little bit concerned when I saw you guys and when, when we started getting ready and the bikes were still in the box Tell and me, I'm what thinking... Was, what was in your mind? I was thinking, you know, we've got to leave in 10 minutes and the bikes are still in the box and it's getting dark and Stevie's asking me, oh, do I need this? Can you help me pack it? And Lawrence is trying to put the bags on. I'm thinking, oh my God, we're in for a bit of a disaster. But no, it turned out fine and I think that's half the fun. Like the adventure is doing something out of the unknown and I think you boys jumped into it and we, we had a proper adventure. So so we took How bad some co- Spaniards. Yeah. They were pushing 450 watts uh, for the first uh, two hours or something. I think they forgot we had bikes, We had bags on the bike yeah. so our bikes were immediately heavier trying to pull the weight along. I thought, oh, we're yeah, stuffed. So to put it all in perspective... Uh, Basically, I talk a lot about bikepacking and exploring and gravel in, in the podcast or in bicycling. Or, and actually, I never did it. So since the last podcast we had, Stephen and me was... Yeah, you uh, did a lot of gravel, but not like the not endurance, like, yeah, not multiple like days, days back, yeah. bikepacking stuff. So two weeks ago, so I decided, yeah, if you want to do it, just start, jump right into it. And two weeks ago, I, I went with friends to, to Morocco, which was actually bikepacking for pussies because uh, <laughs> we had people who, who was actually a gravel riding. You had a team car with you. Yeah, we had a team car. We brought all the luggage to the next hotel. We slept in hotels. And uh, I had contact with Jack on Instagram about having that, this podcast because I thought he would have an interesting story. But I didn't know the guy. I only knew he was Jack Ultra Cyclist. And then he asked me like, okay, but before the podcast, we could have like a small adventure like a bikepack adventure and I was like yeah whatever you know I never done it but uh, it's uh, if you if if you have a teacher it's Surprise just us. <laughs> the best teacher there is you know the most extreme cyclist on earth turns out he also didn't have even a sleeping bag you know the night before so he <laughs> uh, he turned up because he, he's not used to sleeping during the night he just rides all the night through because normally. you had a two-day reckon ride you did exactly the same ride with your girlfriend right yeah so we wanted to make sure that the route was in fact rideable so we went out the weekend before and tested it 
and the dummy I am, I took the bivy and not the sleeping bag. Explain what a bivy is. So a bivy is essentially, think of a plastic bag. It's not much thicker than a plastic bag, and it's it's like an emergency-style blanket. So wow. in summer, it would probably be good. You could sleep in it in summer quite comfortably. But, but in winter, in the mountains around, in Spain? <laughs> so, yeah, last night the same. It was around zero, I think, during the night. Just barely but, but, freezing. But the, but the good thing is, and la- let's dive into that straight away, we <laughs> didn't sleep outside eventually, right? No, so we took we, the tents, we, we were t- all prepared. <laughs> and where did we sleep, Lawrence? <laughs> we slept in the... Oh, first, in a, first explain, we arrived in this little city. <laughs> so, so we had 70k. We arrived like... Around 8 p.m. in a small city, a famous small Catalonia city boop, boop, called boop. called Rupit, famous Rupit. for the Ratafia. Ratafia. More on that later. And Jack, Jack is like because this was actually also bikepacking for pussies because Jack was like, okay, there's several restaurants in the city, and we I know there's a bar open till 11 with beers and girls and stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what? Oh, we you know, like, so much to that, Jack. <laughs> like, oh man, then at least we're warm till 11, and then we see where we can sleep, and at six we're awake, but then we can go and then we go into the city. Restaurant closed. Another restaurant closed. He had a backup. He said to me, "There's a friend who was <laughs> building, <laughs> who was building a house in uh, in uh, in Rupit, and and uh, and we could might we we might could enter his half-built house or something to sleep there." He phones his friend. No, no, the friend was not there. The house was also a no-go. So then we enter a small shop, seven fifty-five. It was closing at eight, with two old woman yeah i think they were like 80 or yeah. something christina, christina we call her <laughs> christina one and two christina one christina two and we explained our situation in the best catalan we had because that was the only language they spoke spoke basically and they understood we were planning on sleeping outside you know or in a tent and actually we were looking i think we were looking like a hopeless like yeah. actually we were begging for that couch basically but <laughs> basically. they didn't give the couch we could buy there several ba- bags of chips, cheese, and biscuits, and I don't know, chocolate. Well, I don't know, but it all, it all amounted to, uh, it was uh, 40 euros. <laughs> we were really hungry. We, bu- we bought 40 euros of snacks. <laughs> and then she said, okay, but I might have an idea where you want to sleep. Because there's a there's like a public toilet next to the playground, playground of the kids. Yeah. There's a public toilet. And it has, it even has doors. She said to me, like what I understood from her Catalan. So you could close the door and sleep in the toilet. So we were, yeah, it was 500 meters from there. So we went down. And she said, the best thing is the bakery is next to the toilet, and they start to bake the bread at five. So then you, then you might be, uh, uh, might be uh, lucky and stay <laughs> next to the oven to stay warm because she saw we were going to have it cold. And then we turn out. To the toilets, and it turned out to be uh, uh, disabled, a toilet for disabled people, so really big. Large. It was the toilet Hilton. <laughs> we turned it into. A, did you ever do that? Did Did you ever do that before? I've did never slept in a toilet, but I've but, never. But seen it was it. it was big enough for the three of us. Yeah. So we the three of us together in the toilet with all our snacks with a six pack of Estrella at like nine. What was it, Jack? Nine? It was nine. But before Stevie and I could unpack the bags, Lawrence was already in his sleeping bag cutting up the cheese, getting stuck <laughs> into the beers. <laughs> was quick he was he was telling us a story about and so i feel like my mom who was uh, giving us the the, the, the toast cheese with cheese on the bread. And, uh, <laughs> I, had, i had my pocket knife with me and those guys i don't know what they were doing but i was already i don't know i was quick uh, quick learning curve bikepacking really so in the end where we expected to be on some steep slope in our tents in the freezing cold we were lying together i was actually with my face under a sink we were like Having a toilet picnic at ten, <laughs> we will we will put the 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 sink picture in the podcast notes. Yeah, we should because we should. every podcast we make a, a list of notes, and the, yeah. that picture will be on. Yeah, the one with me lying in the, the toilet, <laughs> like Mario and Luigi. But we we woke up at eight a.m. So we were sleep. I, I had the best night of the week, you know, like me ten too. hours of sleep and perfect. 
I've never slept so well. Lawrence was spooning me. Stevie was spooning me. The, the, the smell of fresh bread. We had it all going. At some point, and that's how you become friends, you know. Like, I know the guy for only one day, but it's like I know him already for, for 10 years right now, you know. So that makes uh, so it bonding fast. In the morning, to give everybody a little a bit of a flavor, how we, uh, uh, um, like, um, uh, went on. This morning it was about nine, nine, nine. Oh, no, it was, was eight forty-five. We were standing in front of that bar, <laughs> and the, I don't know about the Rupert people, but the hospitality is not the biggest thing. No, because the, there were people in the bar. The lights were on, but they opened the door at nine exactly. Well, they we were there shivering in front of the bar, you know, like <laughs> just got of uh, got out of our toilet, but she didn't open the door earlier. But when she opened the door. It was heaven. Yeah, we, had, we, we walked in. The heaters were on. We had coffee waiting. We yeah. had croissants. We had to start It was brutal <laughs> bikepacking. <laughs> brutal. And then we had a 120k ride. It was amazing, Jack. But what we need to add in is we who did we go and visit? So we had breakfast, and then we actually went to visit Christina number yeah. one yeah. from the night before. Yeah, yeah to she, to show her we were still alive. That we'd slept in the toilet, and we came across a local shop selling ratafia. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a nice bridge. Uh, closing out this tour, what are we drinking? I'm, I mean, that's, that's like the theme of the day, right? We've got a little hip flask here, camouflaged, full of ratafia, and we're each sipping it and passing it around the table. Just for the listeners, it's ratafia. It's local liquor. Yeah, local liquor. It's Digestive. It, um, After dinner. It's a little bit like, like schnapps, beer and burger. Yeah, like Jägermeister that. stuff. Yeah, like Jägermeister, that. yeah. It's it's dark stuff and and this uh, actually the guy warm. in a local shop he sold all those like a little bit too big bottles, you know, for my hip flask. So I asked him, hey man, but I'm pretty sure you have your stash behind somewhere where you can just fill this flask for me. And he looked to the flask and again the hospitality. First he he looked how how many millimeter, milliliters my flask was, so how much he could charge us, right? Yeah. <laughs> But then he took me, he took me to, to the, the back, to the back, and he was filling it like a big tank of ratafia. Yeah, his own stash. Yeah, his own stash. This was the best one, homemade. He told me. So it worked. It worked. Like it's, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. We had a, we had a few. But also bar. no Barolo. This podcast. We were too hungry to to do decent shopping. Normally. So together with Raymond, we had a six pack of. Kirin Ichiban Japanese beer. Actually, pretty good beer. That Everything is pretty good after every stuff. It's the Raymond. But normally, Jack, we, we drink like Barolo. good wine. Good beers, good wine. Good wine. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll take a rain check on that. Maybe tomorrow morning we'll, we'll take out a, a, a bottle of wine. But we have Japanese beer. We have Ratafia. We had some before Raymond. during the lunch. How was that for you? So being able to not having to train. Oh man, this was being able like to have really alcohol during lunch. So that's what that was the bad thing also about Morocco, because there was no alcohol there. You know, like <laughs> that's why I like this bike trip more. No, but I was today. I was enjoying, man. It was just I was in the moment. We started riding, and I think after 40 k we had lunch. And I, and first I was maybe a little bit in a hurry to get back in Girona on time to go to that nice horse cattery restaurant. I heard a lot of stories about. And uh, then we were in some kind of village, and there were like working people inside a really small village. And they had the menu del dia, and I was like, "What the fuck? We just stop here Let's and have the menu." And then we took. More than one hour, we had <laughs> beers, we had Amandunda Dia, we had Ratafia, and then we still had to do 80k more, you know. And I was the first climb, I was like hammered. I, I, <laughs> during the hey, Jack in the during the lunch, he started talking a bit louder, yeah. There was one point that he ordered a beer. And he then uh, said a silence for us to fill in. <laughs> okay, we'll have another one. And but we didn't fill in that uh, that silence. And he had the second beer on he, his own. He had the second beer, but then the the lady 
we we asked because we wanted the we had the cotado the local yeah. uh, coffee and we were going to put the shot of ratafia in the coffee and we asked the lady we said which one do you recommend and she put three bottles on the table from right? under the table <laughs> yeah like you could choose all three whatever you want but you like know? nowhere else in the world she brought them to the table and she said oh you just try them yourself so we're just pouring our own shots of ratafia having little shots here here and there <laughs> but the shady thing was we were only at uh, at the half of the course. And we still had the penultimate climb. And we had a long, long climb. But we made it. Uh, We made it. We were not before dark. Some of us had to stop for five five minutes. (laughs) But that gave others uh, the opportunity to to hook hook on again. Uh, Although I slept on the toilet, I still needed to stop. (laughs) The local toilet too. So, Jack, I was wondering... What did you expect of these two days? Because you're you're riding with this gravel dude, this former pro cyclist, world tour dude. What did you expect of, of, of this day and how, how did we do again? Look, to be honest, I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't met Lawrence before. Again, like Lawrence said, we'd just spoken on Instagram. So it's not like we were mates beforehand. I hadn't spoken with you before, Stevie. And so... I sort of, I was a little bit nervous, you know, when like you meet people and you don't know if you're going to get on with them or if you're going to clash a little bit. But from the outset, I thought like you guys, you know, just decent guys, like ready to ride the bike. And I think when we set off, you know, like the, I was a lot calmer, like, you know, we get along well, we're looking forward to beers, we're looking forward to getting to the bar, we had a lot in common. Yeah, there was no bar at the end, but still the the morale (laughs) was high. We set up our own shop. (laughs) And we, we, we turned out to be two savages with a big mouth. No, what, yeah, what, I, what, I, what I like about those trips, where you start to dive into this with, with new people, immediately, because you need each other, yeah. you need, you, you, you're bonding. You're imme- friends straight away. Yeah, because you, you need each other to... Actually, we needed him because he had the routes. No GPX on my uh, on my uh, GPS. Route was awesome, by the way. Thanks yeah. again. Nah, no Rondje van Komoot. Thanks yeah. Komoot. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you made it on Komoot. You made it on Komoot. Eh? You made it yeah, Komoot was yeah. awesome. We find like for the gravel rides around here, Komoot's awesome. Yeah? Yeah, there's so many trails, so much to explore, highlights here and there. So, yeah, Komoot's sick. So, long story short, when you, do, when you want to become friends quick, you have to do some kind of... I don't say this was really extreme, but you it, have was, to do a it was out of the comfort zone. A toilet That's, sleepover, basically. <laughs> no, this was really out of the comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. Like, like we, we needed, to, especially when there was no bar, nothing like that, and we needed to sleep outside. You have to pinch a tent, like it's, it's, it's already two degrees, cold hands, cold. You have to make sure you stay warm because you don't warm up that quick in the sleeping bag. So you're helping each other with all the gear, with all the stuff to park the, the bikes and... And that's when you're born and when you're with three guys next to each other <laughs> sleeping in the Spooning. in a disabled two in toilet. Yeah, like, like you wake up the next morning, you're friends, you know, like I think that's the cool thing about adventure though, the unknown. You don't know yeah. what's coming up, yeah. you don't know what you're getting into. Every adventure is different. You might do the same route, but tomorrow it's different. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing, it's the unknown. Yeah, and, you don't know what to expect. No, and especially uh, the, uh, the, us, uh, Lawrence and me, we didn't know what to expect yeah. because we never ridden the route. So at some point we were just riding on smooth tarmac, and and at other point we had to do a bike, hike a bike. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> gnarly. Hike a bike, bike was pretty gnarly. Thanks, come out <laughs> for the hike a bike thing. Was uh, no, that was okay. Basically, it was uh, it was okay. I, I had more extreme stuff route wise than in in Morocco two, yeah. two, two, two weeks ago. But I'm happy with my first two weeks of not being a pro and just do a route, do it all day and don't worry about getting back in time to still take your rest for tomorrow's training. No, just st- be in the moment more, you know, like it was also less of a hurry than we had during transit. Mm. You know, uh, the it transit was, was the thing yeah, we did in okay. Italy and we had to do 560k in two two days, which made it yeah. basically in a hurry. You know, like we couldn't stop too long and we had to. Yeah. And now now we were, had more time to relax, even although at, we arrived two times in the dark. Even at lunch, though, we were saying like this is the essence of live slow, ride yeah. fast. Like, live, you know, like it's what we were doing. Like we were riding and then we were relaxing. There was no time pressure. Like yeah. we were just still try to drop out. Stevie and try, still try <laughs> to ride fast. But well, you, you I, because on the penultimate climb, you I saw you said to me, so Stevie. This is the the, the the speed I'm going to you know sustain until we are 
up. And then he went. And then he didn't drop, so and I had then, to speed yeah, a little and bit. Then he had to speed up. <laughs> and in the end, he put the hammer on. Yeah, he did it. He did yeah, it. Yeah. You're I was, all sweating. All sweating. Yeah, yeah. Was, I saw you guys going faster and faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like. It was like he, he, But he that's also go. live slow, ride fast. You know, you try to go up fast and then on the top you wait. Or just before the top, where you yeah. have to do a natural <laughs> <Quick> stop. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> so, Jack, what, what happened yesterday? That we, we said we were going to leave at 3 and we eventually left at... Uh, 4.30. At 4.30. <laughs> yeah. Assembling the bikes and stuff like that. That's, that's what also actually is happening within the podcast. We say, okay, we do a little introduction, a little peek uh, looking back at the trip. And now I look at my uh, uh, my uh, my uh, recorder and we're But you fucked up the first hard. intro so that you could get that <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> just so a reminder, the intro has been spoken in We're twice. 20 minutes in <laughs> and now we can talk about you. Go for it. Do you remember the first day you went for a proper bike ride? Uh, the first day, I remember getting my first bike was a Christmas present, actually. And I remember at the time, my brother really wanted to start cycling. Yeah. My younger brother and I, I was a little bit jealous that he wanted a bike. And I thought, oh, I want to ask for a bike as well. And I remember I got it for my birthday. My birthday was before his. So I was the first one to get a bike. And I remember I got the shoes and everything. How and old I, were you? Like a race bike. Obviously. Race bike, giant OCR. It was the yellow okay. aluminium one. Yeah, classic. And... Um, I remember trying to clip in in the backyard the first three fell times, off. fell off, so tried how, to clip how in. Old were you? How old were you then? Uh, I would have been probably 11 or 12. And uh, in Australia, you, you follow the pro cycling then already, like on television? Or is it like, like I grew up with the Tour de France since I was seven, eight years old. But Yeah, for, in Australia, I don't think it's as big as it is in Holland and Belgium. But like guys like Lance Armstrong, those sort of classics. You, from, know, you know those guys? Yeah, we knew them in like, Cycling wasn't big. It's grown a lot in the last, say, 15 years. But back then, like, we had, like, friends, dads who cycled. So we were exposed to cycling, but it wasn't, like, a big sport. I think it was something different. And your dad cycled too, you told me? Yeah, dad used to cycle as a, as a kid. And when he, um, when he retired, his goal was to ride around the world. So He did? Yeah, he set off and uh, <coughs> rode around the world. But, but there was, like, after you started... Raising yeah. yourself. It was not that he was your example. No. So we, I started riding, which got him back on a bike because he used to accompany me to training rides and whatnot with the local club. And then he was working, working, working. I was riding, riding, riding. And he retired and he said, look, you know, I decide I want to ride around the world. So every year he'd go and do a stint around the world. And for Literally me, around the world. Literally like, around like, the world. Jesus. For me, that was the inspiration to get into the adventure side of things. So I'd raced in like a traditional sense and had some health issues yeah. and um, when I got back on a bike having had the health issues I took inspiration from my dad and the stories that he had from his time on the road and decided look this is what I want to do before we get into those health issues you yeah. just stated but let me first go back when did you notice you were any good at, at, at bike racing oh, I still don't think I'm any good <laughs> no no no. Well, no I saw you riding today you were <laughs> so I, like I I started off doing triathlon and did triathlon all through school. And then um, this will give you sort of the background yeah. to when the cycling. So did the triathlon all through school, final year of school. Um, parents sort of said, look, you should probably concentrate on your studies. So I concentrated on the studies, finished school. What did you study? Uh, after school, I yeah. studied construction management and economics. <laughs> But during this time, I went to the gym. So I decided I wanted to become a man and started lifting weight and put on a whole lot of weight. Bodybuilder. Bodybuilding. Nice. And um, <laughs> I had these health okay. issues. So What was it? So essentially depression, um, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And then I found I actually had a drug addiction. So I spent some time trying to overcome the drug addiction. Um, and that's when my dad actually said for the first time, I think you need to hop back on a bike. And that's when I took the cycling. Because the, the health problem started when you got off the bike? Yeah. And started so, to bodybuild? Yeah. What happened was I used, throughout school, the triathlon sort of kept the health issues at bay, the mental health stuff. I always had these miniature goals. And that put the um, depression sort of to the side. And when I stopped doing the triathlon, I noticed that the depression, the mental health things came back again. Is that a physical thing or was it just um, a distraction for you? You were busy doing other things, so the health issue didn't occur or is it something? No, it was, 
it was a distraction is one way to look at it, but yeah. the other way to look at it was because I had these little goals every day, whether it was going for a ride or going for a swim, I felt like I was achieving something, so I was ticking something off the list. Oh, yeah. When I stopped that, and I, I almost felt like I had no real purpose. And for me, the gym was then that sort of purpose, going to the gym, and I just found I was mixing with the wrong crowd at the gym. And this led me down a path of partying and taking oh, yeah. party drugs and whatnot, and that's where I sort of... I had an issue. Went wrong. Yeah, that's where it all went wrong. Um, so I remember Dad one day saying, "You need to get back on the bike." Like, remember when you were riding? Like, you were happy. Like, things were going well. And I remember thinking, like, "Oh, I just don't want to get back on a bike." Like, I spent all these years trying to put on weight. Like, I don't want to be skinny. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And I went for one ride, and my obsessive personality basically clicked. And that afternoon, I remember buying a bike, and sort of the rest is how long is that ago? That would have been in 2013. Okay. No, 2010. 2010, 2011. Because you are 30 years old right now. Yeah, I'm 30. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so back then you were like 20, 21. Yeah, 21. And you stopped racing when you were 17 or something? Um, No, so so the triathlon, I stopped racing when I was, say, 15, 16. I did the gym for four or five years and then started on the bike again when I was, say, 20, 21. And I started racing in a more traditional sense. Like yeah, the just like crits. I did, basically. Yeah. Road racing, crits, yeah. classics, try yeah. to become world two pro or yeah. something like that. But I didn't, I didn't. I never had the potential. Like no. I wasn't that way inclined. No, I just didn't have what it took to become a world tour pro. And I like I spent a bit of time racing in Belgium, but more so for fun, like the Kermis races. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and where did you stay then? Uh, I was in Ghent. You were saying, with the Aussie team or with no, a... No, 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 just... just with rent like an apartment or yeah we rented an apartment and four of us went over and did a season of racing wow yeah, yeah. it was that's how you have to do yeah. it when you're an aussie guy you know Just all go. the aussies in i was in the world tour yeah. all the aussie guys or or, or george bennett new, new zealand guy but in order to be to try to become world tour pro they have to sacrifice so much more than because they, they, it's like I go to Australia yeah. to, to, to become cyclist or to become whatever a pro uh, footballer. This is the football. natural next step. They actually have to they, take a So, they, so when they go, they, they are committed. Yeah. Like George Bennett is one of the most committed guys I know, you know, like I, I, and, and also Jai Hindley. Uh, it's, a, it's a good friend of, uh, of Jack. And Jai was uh, also with, with somewhere with me for two years, I think. We were teammates. So, uh, but they just have a little bit, uh, at a young age, they have already the, the over my like mentality. Yeah. Like, uh, the, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, over my de- <laughs> So that's what, uh, cool. But yeah, yeah then, then the ultra cyclist uh, thing, that's, that's a little bit out of my league. I noticed already in Morocco and today I really enjoyed, but what those guys do, they just ride their bikes for 20, 22 hours a day for seven days straight and we had... 12 hours in our sleeping bags or 11 <laughs> hours in our sleeping bags like night. Last we night. were warriors. Just, uh, just, we in were order, warriors. just in order to stay warm, you know? Like, So I was like, woke up this morning. I was like, oh, basically, I slept for two hours, I think. Woke up at 12 for piss. And I was like, fuck, imagine if I had, had to go up and get going again because I jumped right back into my sleeping bag. And I was, imagine if you have yeah. to get up go and get everything in 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 your bike bags again and stuff like that so so i you know jack I'm i so will look to those bike pack races from now on with a whole dude, different feel yeah, yeah me too uh, the, the where i'm i'm so curious what's the connection between what you call yourself the mental health issues or the obs- obsessive what is that obsessive so behavior obsessive, by the way like i i have to do things over and over again like i like routine like what uh, like when it when it originally manifested, I had these twitches. So, for example, I had to blink my eyes twice, or like these sort of little yeah. like I couldn't step on the cracks in concrete. Yeah, these yeah. sort of weird little quirks. But what I I noticed so he was two days with us. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't notice any. No, we, we, we no I don't, I don't do it anymore. But what okay. I've been able to do is I channel like the obsessive which was once sort of a negative thing, like these things yeah. that controlled me, yeah. I can convert it now into the bike. So it's I can tell myself I have to do X, I have to ride 300 kilometers, and that then becomes my new obsession. So 
Some may say it's not healthy, but for me, it is far it's healthier the than the alternative. alternative. Yeah. 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 So, so that's you, why you wrote 50,000 kilometers in 2017, because that's what he did. Jesus Christ. Okay, so, so let's jump into this. 50 mother. Okay, mother. so in, let's, let's, let's uh, read out loud this little resume and then dive into it. <laughs> 2017, dear listeners, this guy wrote 50,000 kilometers in 12 months. So just... I have sitting next to me a former pro cyclist who is well known. The most for I ever did was 35, I guess, 35, yeah. 36. The most I and, ever and, did. And, and, and now when I'm doing the math on on 50,000, it's basically 52 weeks. So you do 1,000 kilometer a week. One order, yeah, yeah. It, you you one said 35 a day, right? Yeah. So well, if you do one day zero, next day 270. If you have an Yeah. If you have a cold, if you have a, if you have fever for a week, you have to do a week of 270 a day to 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 catch up. Was it, it was it something you planned for? Or no, well, it wasn't planned. I mean, living in Australia, but makes I, it I cannot, <laughs> I cannot imagine. At the end, you had to take the 50,000 k Yeah, right? like you were planning to do. Being the obsessive guy, you yeah. Are. At I the end, it imagine. became a little bit. Like, I, I even have a milestone. <laughs> But it, it was never planned like that. And 2017 for me was like the first year where I wasn't actually working like a nine to five. Ah. And so I had more time to dedicate to it. Um, so you arranged sponsors, partners? Yeah, it started off just small. So I had some small sponsors, mainly for like equipment and bits and pieces. And I was just working on jobs at like the bike, st bike store and doing some sort of odd jobs just to make ends meet. At the time, I was still living at home uh, with the folks. So I didn't have rent and things to pay. Um, and it just allowed me to spend a lot of time on the bike. I, I wasn't traveling a lot. I think the traveling really, like for I you, Lawrence, too, yeah. racing and traveling, like that takes a lot of time away when you could potentially be on the bike. But for me, I didn't have that. So it was just riding, yeah. riding, riding, riding. And then in the end, you had... 50,000 kilometers on your... Yeah, it wasn't exact. Just so on training peaks, I kept the total yeah. of it. I don't really use Strava. I'm not a... I don't, I'm not in big into Strava. Like, I've started using Komoot, but yeah. it's more to sort of track rides what's and share rides. What's the difference between Strava and Komoot? Um, look, Strava for me is more like... Um, I, I haven't really used it, but Strava for me, my understanding is like, yeah... Um, KOM, like, I'm stealing your KOM, motherfucker. And Komoot is more about exploring and showing the highlights on the route with nice pictures or yeah. showing the nice tracks or make the the best loop possible. Komoot's like more that. about planning your route, yeah. whereas I think yeah. Strava's more about analyzing what you've done afterwards. Yeah. So Komoot, for me, is I don't use it to keep a track of what I've done. I use it to... You're your training peaks, like a real pro. You're training peaks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering, in the, in the end, you have 50,000 kilometers done. Yeah. What do you, what do you get out of that? So Nothing. So. No? <laughs> for me, I got like a sense of achievement. Yeah. Like, I've, wow, I've, I've achieved something. And for me, that's something I, I hadn't set out to achieve. So it's almost like a bit of a surprise. Like, um, yeah, I, I didn't get paid for it. I didn't get anything for it. For me, it's more just... Yeah, it's just something. You cool. know, the, you know the world record. The world record. For yeah, kilometers? like a year, like a yearly. <laughs> Don't I get him started. Eh? No, <laughs> I think I think it's an English. Recently, I'm pretty sure it's an English guy. I think or something. I heard something about sixty-five thousand, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm right. We we looked it up. We put it in the podcast notes. What I because I heard you say something about uh, small partners, especially equipment, mm. stuff like that. Now you're here in Girona. Yeah. How does Jack ultra cyclist? Make a living. Yeah, it's a pro has become basically a pro cyclist. Yeah. You can call him like a. Yeah, so for me now it's just through partners. So I have um, brands on board behind me. So 20, uh, 2019 this year I've had uh, Giant behind me, um, BBB, Santini. I've had some you know, some good brands backing me. Uh, moving into 2020, we've changed things up a bit with the brands, just being based in Europe now. But um, 2019 was the first year you had those brands? like Yeah, pretty much. 2019 okay. was the first year where I could sort of live off the brands paying me. Um, and it's not just that they give me money and I live off it, but you know, there's obviously deliverable, so I do certain things for the brand. I'm, I guess, not, not employed, but like you're producing content yeah. you're creating small movies and this sort of thing so they're getting value out of it as well but 2019 is the first year i've been able to do it full time so to speak um 
hence the sort of move to Girona where there's more happening from a cycling perspective. There's brands here, there's people here. It's easy to travel to Italy, France, England, you know. Everywhere. In Australia, you're a long way away and it just didn't make sense anymore. The, the way you talk about it is, and, and also yesterday in the first, uh, I don't know, 20Ks of the ride, you said, man, I'm so, I'm so in a good place here. I'm yeah. so, I'm, this is what I do for a living, just having fun, having these adventures with you guys. Yeah. Uh, the way you talk about it now, you're really uh, like uh, proud and you take pride in, 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 uh, in what you do. Eh? Yeah, for sure. Because I, I, there's so many people that would love to do it. I feel yeah. so privileged to be in a position where I can do it. And I think, you know, I've taken risk along the way to sort of get to where I am. But I think... Yeah, I, I just feel privileged to be able right. to work with brands and do these cool things. I mean, the alternative for me was being in the office, um, you know, working in the field I studied, and oh, I didn't enjoy that. I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my life. But then, what I was, yeah, maybe then my next question, question pops up, and it's just why? Because it's 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 such an extreme discipline you're in, like. You do transcontinental, you did, you told me, you went, which year was it? Uh, one of the early years, 2015 or 2016, I, I forget, yeah. But then, to put it in perspective for the people at home, it's 4,000 kilometers. You have two checkpoints, you have to do your own uh, navigation, you have to sleep along the route, it's all self-supported. It took you 10 days, you told me? Uh, 10 or 11 days, I like forget the... 400 kilometers a day. Why? How the he told me the winner slept in total six hours. It was something crazy. Christoph Elgart, he yeah. six hours or something like he. Why? <laughs> That's the question. Like. For me, for me, that sort of racing doesn't appeal anymore. Like. I okay. like the cultural side. Of, like last so night he, when we get there and we meet people along the way. That's what I like. The storyline. I like doing the extreme things and. For me, I like picking certain challenges that I know will push me physically, but I like pushing myself mentally. So these things like the three Everest things and the KOM challenges. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But for me, I like it's almost, again, it's like ticking a box exercise. Like I feel like I've achieved something. Is it it also, sorry to interrupt, but is it it more than just keeping the, the health issues away? Yeah, I I just love being on my bike, like being out in the sun today that's a good, for uh, that's six a good, hours. Uh, like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, yeah. you know, there's as a cyclist, what more? Could I like you ask it too. For? Like, I like it too. But for me, to be honest, like uh, I I agreed somehow on doing the the Atlas Mountain Race. Yeah, it's mm. in Morocco. I was that one week ago with my friends. We did. I don't know, three, four hundred kilometers in, uh, I think it was less than 400 kilometers in four days. Atlas Mountain Race is 1200 kilometers. The time limit is seven days. So I did the math. I was like the same like that kiss <laughs> of Allegard guy, you know, the guy who won yeah. uh, Transco. I can barely sleep. I have to, I'm on my own for 1200 kilometers. I was asking myself the same question over and over again while I was in the Atlas. And there I was enjoying the views. I was enjoying the the, the kasbahs or the tents we were staying in. I was enjoying the 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 conversations with my friends, with Hustle Dennis, with all my other friends. And I was like, why should I? Because I agreed on doing that also for a partner. Yeah. Like uh, why the, doing the real race, you know. Yeah. And I went there for exploring. I was like, why? This is like not fun doing it, you know, yeah. doing that race. And it's 40 days after my retirement. I'm like, at the end, I was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to do this race. So I, 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 I went to the partner. I said, no, I'm, I'm bailing out. So actually, oh. your, sa- your same purpose is to ride your bike and have fun out there. And, and yeah, but I was imagining myself was fun for you. being in a 1200K A to B uh, race, yeah, the fastest possible in very remote terrain with also... I don't know if the route's the same as we did on Komoot for the for the Morocco trip, but uh, but it was dangerous. And I never, like, this was my maiden bikepack trip uh, one week after, so I never slept outside. I never was navigating in the dark on, 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 on gravel, like, single-track downhill. So I was like, I put myself in such a danger. Like, for what? For for not enjoying it for seven days, just to unco- accomplish yeah. to be there. So that's why I bailed out and... Like like you said, these bike trips, uh, when I was speaking yesterday night with Christina 1 and 2, 
just to, to hustle a sleeping spot <laughs> and we end up in the toilet. That's what I loved. Yeah. But to, to, to imagine myself riding through the night just to get as fast as possible from A to B, that's, that was not me anymore. Yeah. I, I want to do Dirty Cancer. I want to do the Grasshoppers. That's one day race. And in the night, I have a beer again with my friend, with, with Stefan, who's also doing cancer. And I asked how his race was. Yeah. And he asked how my race But I cannot see my end up like 2020 already doing like an Atlas Mountain race. That's too steep of a learning yeah. curve for me that I'm like, why? So that's why I asked you. But, but basically, you, you came to the same conclusion. Then. Yeah, like a, I... Only the distance between those little encounters with locals <laughs> and stuff is maybe a bit longer. But the, the purpose and the, the reason why is the same. Yeah, I, I just love being enjoy the, the guy. Yeah, but also enjoy the encountering with people and stuff like that. Basically, transit was also already a little bit too much in a hurry because yeah. we wanted to do it yeah. in two days. Yeah. We couldn't enjoy it so much anymore. And the last two days, and also Morocco, I yeah, had time, time to yeah. enjoy. And this, this is maybe a nice transition then, because what what I find the other aspect of the, the doing the sort of the crazy extreme things is I want to demonstrate the mental health side of things that and use what I'm doing as a bit of a to deliver a message. <clears throat> and we spoke about the message on the ride that it's okay yeah. not to be okay. So. You know, I can go and do all these extreme things, and but at the end of the day, I still suffer from depression. I still have mental health issues, and it's about demonstrating to other people that even if you do have an issue, you can still do really cool things. It shouldn't be a limit. Yeah, no, it doesn't limit you. Yeah. And that for the people uh, yeah. at home, Jack. Also, you did you did a tour to Holland and Belgium. You were in yeah. Amsterdam, Groningen, Maastricht, yep. or Falkenburg. Yep, to talk. To show the movie you did on on the three time S for this thing or on the uh, Taiwan no Kong? that was the Taiwan camera yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, and to talk about uh, the maintenance message yeah so so for the people in Holland that's how I got to know Jack because I I didn't see one of your your talks you know yeah. or, or the but I saw your traffic because I follow Spark I follow Fix Gear Coffee I don't know I don't remember where you were in Amsterdam maybe March I think were? I was on the way down to see Brian Megan's at uh, Fix oh, Gear yeah, in Valkenburg yeah. when, when we were chatting yeah so that's why we were in the ride out last, yeah uh, last, uh, last, last week, week. Yeah. yeah so how, how do, do you experience stuff like that because you you first tell me a little bit about the movie and yeah. then about the conversations you have afterwards yeah to, so to Bring out your message. It's on YouTube, the movie, by the way. Yeah, that. check it out on YouTube, Exploring the Limit, Taiwan. We'll put it in the podcast. It's, the, it's your first movie you made. That was the first movie. So and also, that's the movie which made why the partners are partnering up with you now. So you made it as an investment kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, we, we've done two movies and we sort of see them as miniature investments. Like we need to show what we can deliver. Um, and the Taiwan KOM was a bit of a crazy idea. Uh, I don't tell know. Us, if, tell us yeah. all about it <laughs> yeah. because it's an awesome story. So the KOM is considered probably one of the hardest climbs in the world. Lawrence, um, and is that's that where true? I was at the same <laughs> Taiwan KOM. Yeah, and I think it's the hardest climb I've ever done. Yeah. All so right. it's a hundred odd kilometers from the from the bottom at sea level to the top at three thousand three hundred meters. Ah. And in twenty eighteen, I decided I wanted to do the climb four times nonstop. <laughs> Um, I was there. <laughs> it's I heard there was some dude doing the climb four times nonstop. I was like, whatever at the beginning, because how bad can a climb be? So I did the race one time. I was like, fuck, the mother poor, the poor guy still has to do it three times. 720 kilometers, right? Yeah. Almost 14,000 <laughs> meters of elevation. Nonstop. It's a long two days. Without yeah. stop. No, so what, what happened was we the plan was that we were going to do the first Spoiler three. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were going to do the first three and then do the fourth one with the race. Yeah. And the weather forecast was torrential rain. So we had a wet weather plan and a dry weather plan. It was going to be wet, so we went with a wet weather plan, which allowed for more time up and down, and which meant we left earlier. But it didn't actually rain. So we finished the third climb with about 10 hours to spare before the final climb. So it was too quick. That, that Basically, that's the story. No, the weather was just too good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Jack, at some point in the movie, maybe a little bit of spoiler alert, I hear you saying, riding your bike, and he says, well, why don't I do a fifth one? Yeah, so I, <laughs> I don't know if I was delusional or what was going on, but I, I was calculating time and I thought there's probably enough time to get up another time and down before the race. 
And I'd said I wanted to do it non-stop, so the thought of going back to the hotel and waiting for the fourth one, for me, played with my mind from the obsessive point of view. Like, I wanted to keep going. I didn't want to sort of let myself down. But Um, at the end, you went back to the hotel? Yeah. And you waited for me to start together with you because you started on the the front row, I guess, together with us the four times. And, man, I think my finishing time was four hours. Must yeah. have been something like that, or four and a half hours. So it took me, and I was I was so happy I was on the top, and it's I could get high into, also. Yeah, 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 the yeah I, I, you got headaches and stuff like that. It's not fun. So for one, day, but then for me it was fun. I did it one time, and we went down and we drank a beer and we ate one of those black Taiwanese eggs. eggs you know, <laughs> like you <had> today. <laughs> yeah, the first time I ate them ever since was today or one hour ago in my ramen soup. I found one so. in Girona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, but I yeah, I, same why you know like, but that's something. So you, you just do because you ended up you started. The fourth time yeah. in the finishing line. And again, a spoiler alert, but you really have to see the movie. You you have a pretty... You go... F- the fourth time is pretty fast, actually, right? Yeah, so I forget the exact time for the fourth one, but I think of the 600 people ended up in the top 100. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it's a, it, to be a, honest. It's, like, to the, it's a beast, you know, yeah. like like... Yeah. Did you did at the end you were happy you were there or was just another day at the office for you? Because today I was happy I finished Girona. Like that's okay. a very good that's a very good question. So, do you when you finish something like that? Yeah. Do you go straight away to the next thing or do you do yeah, you give yourself time question. to 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 um, Soak it enjoy? All in. It's a funny one because I f- I almost feel depressed at the end of one of these challenges because you work so hard towards something for so long that when it's over i think no now what like you know, it's done. It's per- gone. purpose every day to yeah. get up again it's the same how, how we feel after two days after pay so the, the first day after probably is okay but then it yeah all the adrenaline is gone yeah. and all the endorphine has been yeah you've been happy and alive for I don't know how you felt after transit, but when you come home, maybe you feel also the first thing. Yeah, but you know, the, the thing with you guys is you have built your life around working towards a, a, a goal like this. So, you know, it's not my life. It's something I do next to it. Next mm-hmm. to it. And your whole life is built around it. So that makes it much more important. And then I can understand that once that goal has... yeah. You know, fade it because you're done and you check the box to put it in yeah. your words. Then there's this void, you know? Okay. So that's yeah. exactly how your movie starts. Yeah. Like you ticking on the table, sorry, Yona, had to do it. Uh, and say, I need, I need a next challenge. I need a next challenge. Yeah. And I can imagine that's something you feel both feel like. Yeah, I can, I can feel it. Towards uh, to the front, you, you used to work like half a year for that or maybe a year. Yeah, but also, for example, that. now, you know, I've been two weeks ago in Morocco and now I'm already here doing this. And then in one month I go to do the coast ride. So I'm also still searching all those those things maybe till maybe at one time when I'm home from the coast right I'm home for more or less two and a half months I think like only weekend trips <laughs> only yeah, yeah. but not doing <laughs> those big things hero. like or I don't know but maybe yeah. then it sinks in like I'm not yeah. a pro anymore but right now I'm still in the but yeah maybe that, maybe I'm also looking for the goal seeking mode uh, unbewusst so I, I'm, uh, I'm not aware of it yeah 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 but maybe it's it's also still there. I'm still searching that new adrenaline rush. Like, okay, you, now... Well, actually, I think you still are, right? Yeah. It's it's not like unnatural behavior. You're but now I, can, now I can have a ratafia during lunch. And, maybe and, two. And, and, and maybe two beers <laughs> or maybe two ratafias, you know? But also for me, maybe it's it's good that they do it like this. Yeah. Riding so the bike, soft landing. That, no, but I also it. could start to drink uh, a bottle of vodka every night or stuff, stuff like that yeah, to if, find that. If you want to, yeah, or yeah. I don't know, maybe. Or we discussed with Carsten. He, yeah. he went to 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 see Carsten Kroon, a good friend of mine. He he he, he tried some drugs or ayahuasca stuff, rituals. Yeah, uh, yeah that's also searching things, you yeah. know, like to. 
but you have to to um, uh, give yourself time to and and uh, you, you give yourself the opportunity to find out and back to the question mm. are you uh, capable of of doing that so not only enjoying it but just living without a goal like that a challenge like that i find i've always got goals in the future so whether it's in two weeks time or two months or two years it's good having i always see there's light at the end of the tunnel like you've got something to look forward to or something to work towards what scares me is the thought of if you had nothing there like what would happen like where would you go like it's too open and i guess that's more that i like controlling things a little bit so for me there is always something and i think that's a nice way of coping how many how many events you plan next year like how many uh so for 2020 we have five major goals which is a lot so <laughs> yeah basically the yeah. same yeah. so then it comes to my next question when was the last time you were out riding training maybe yeah. but you had a beer and two ratafias or or equivalent like enjoying your lunch and not giving a fuck too long ago to be honest i, I can imagine like i thought so when i go out with the guys here like i love it and we have a lot of fun and like yeah. we'll go and we have a and the guys here are the girona pros you mean yeah so like nathan haas freddie yeah. avet uh, there's a yeah. guy dave grit who takes us on some really good gravel stuff um But yeah, we like we always go out and we have a good time. But it's always training. Like you're so focused, man. Yeah, uh, but today it was it was so nice. <laughs> Not so to much do. focus. Eh? No, it was Look good at him. though. Look at him. Like yeah. I'm smiling. High five! <laughs> we <laughs> took him out of the zone. <laughs> we basically fucked over his training schedule. Sorry for that, but it was nice. No, it's so good. But yeah, it's too long, and I think you, you got to look back. It. Like. Cycling is about having fun, right? Yeah, so yeah. if it's all about training towards something, then I think sometimes that can get a bit monotonous. So having these sort of let your hair down moments is good. Tomorrow, Tomorrow. puts in 500 miles. Yeah, yeah. it's a compensation. <laughs> making up it's a compensation day. I'm so angry at myself. <laughs> What did you plan to do tomorrow? Tomorrow I've got a... Serious question. Yeah, I'm actually we're off to Indonesia on Friday, so I've okay. got some bits and pieces to organize. I need to get some no mountain bike shoes. <laughs> No. no, I'll go out for a ride, but just an easy hour or so. So what's your next purpose or your next goal? Um, so we have a mission, a little adventure with Indonesian tourism. So on Friday, we set off for 10 days exploring Indonesia. Wow. wow. Um, which will be really cool. Temperature there is A little good, bit different man. to here. <laughs> we'll work on the tan. Uh, and then moving into 2020, the major goals are... I'll, I'll just talk about two of them. For now, um, Dirty Cans XL is one of the goals. Um, so it's the 350 miler where yeah. you, you boys will be there doing the 200. Yeah, so we're doing the, the, the kids, kids yeah, race. Yeah, we only do 320k. <laughs> it's the pushy race, you know. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I really don't like this guy, Lauren. So we're doing this. We're doing that. Yeah. Oh, we're sleeping outside in our sleeping bag. I only use a beefy. You yeah. know, like what the fuck? Sleeping, sleeping bag. What's that? Yeah. Um, So yeah, Kansas XL, <laughs> so that's one. and then there's a we we have the major goal for the year is actually at the Tour de France. So you guys you touched on it in the intro. Tell us uh, the Tour de France is a three week race, um, but what would happen if someone did the same course in essentially half the time? So without taking anything away from the Pro Tour guys, because it's completely different kettle of fish. You guys do it so much faster. Um, My goal is to basically give the Pro Tour a 10-day head start and then set about riding the same course, um, catching the Tour Pro Peloton uh, before the finish line. So essentially a, a bit of an ultra-style event, um, not in a race sense traditionally. You make your own a, race. Yeah, my own race. And for me, it's not about... For me, it's... I like setting these challenges and for me, it's a mental thing, it's a physical thing and I get a lot of enjoyment out of challenging myself so although i'll be chasing the peloton for me it's not about necessarily getting you, there first but it's about we, we told them eh? we, we, we were going to be in the savannah and it's day six of the tour de france we'll be cheering so them. basically yeah. he starts 10 days later we, we will still be there eh? we will yeah. be cheering have a barbecue ready maybe a, a couch to sleep for two hours maximum. Yeah. but I have, i have a request <laughs> i have a request oh 
Do you reckon you could organize some ratafia? Oh, f- <laughs> for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll fly some in. We'll fly some in. We'll, we'll fly some in. Or we have the, yeah. the, the, the French equivalent of the so, ratafia. So I, I just want to have one more thing clear. because You said it already a little bit. But, but for example, the trans, uh, or like the race I was supposed to do, the Atlas Mountain Race or Transcontinental, yeah. or the Silk Mountain Race, those extreme bikepacking races... Which are basically also famous in the in the ultra distance world, I think. Like Silk Mountain, uh, Pedals made a really nice movie, yep. or the the thing Lachlan Morton did, GB Duro was also a nice one. Why you don't do those anymore? You don't like to race other people, or you, it's or is it just because of 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 because you said you had n- no time to enjoy because you ha- have to sleep. Short, but that's the same with the niche in the France. Yeah, but it's the same in the Tour de France. He's also not be able to sleep. So I'm, I'm, I just want to know if you don't like to race other people anymore, or just only race your own thoughts or your own. No, it's not that I don't like racing other people. So like Kansa, I'll be racing other people. But for me, it's more I like coming up with an idea and then executing it. So I like trying. I don't want to. I don't want to follow in the footsteps of other people. I more want to create interesting content that's in and document it in the form of a film. So create stuff that inspires other people to set about doing something and challenging themselves. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a race. And are those those, uh, things uh, you create uh, getting more extreme every year then? Because... Once you set something, you set a bar and it has to be... So you did four times the Taiwan KOM. Then you do three times Everest thing in three days. Now, oh, you start to, now you start to chase the Tour de France with a 10-day head start for, for, the, for the World Tour guys. What? How? how? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know the answer, to be honest. I don't know where it stops. And obviously, I don't want to do stuff where I'm putting myself in danger of being killed or doing something stupid. Um, but at the same time, doing that extreme stuff, it feeds me like I I need it. And so we have a bit of a team around now that sort of help to come up with concepts. And for people listening, if you have crazy ideas, by all means, send them through because I'd love to see them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know where it stops. And I don't know if it gets to a point where you can't do anything more extreme. Um, I'd like to think it doesn't because there's lots of cool things that are still out there to be done. It, it can stop, not to put it in a negative sense, but it can stop by you running out of cool ideas. Or yeah, enjoying or, or, rides like today. Or not enjoying those things anymore and focusing on other things. Or if you want to keep on doing these extreme things, the moment your body says stop. Yeah. I mean, that could be tomorrow. Do you, have, do you ever think about that? And what happens then? What are the, 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 you know, the, the consequences of that? Yeah, for me, look... I would be devastated, but I also have this... The other quest is the mental health side of things. So for whatever reason, if tomorrow I got hit by a car and I couldn't ride a bike again, I still have the passion for trying to help other people with the mental health stuff. And if that's through a cycling foundation or something to do with cycling still, then I'd love to do that. Um, But I sort of... I feel fortunate that I have the cycling and then the mental health, I guess, quest. And bike's pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. If, if the bike didn't work out for whatever reason, I'd still feel passionate enough to follow the mental health quest. So that's, that's the you answer. You always have a goal in life. That's absurd. You're yeah, in a good place, eh? Yeah, I'm in a good place. So how, how, how does this... Is, is like um, cycling and the extremities you go uh, for, is that is that the only like help you get? Or is it something, do you visit some uh, somebody every month or are you on any medication? Or Yeah, so I still take um, antidepressant medication. Wow. So I take essentially one tablet a day and I've been taking that for 17 years. And I, I don't feel ashamed to take it. I feel like if it works, it works. Some people need it, some don't. Um, I why, do you, why do you say you don't feel ashamed? I think there's a stigma attached to taking medication for mental health-related illnesses. And I think some people sort of don't want to go down the medicated route. Some feel comfortable going down the wow. medicated route. I personally feel comfortable because I'm now I can see the difference it's made for me. I know when I first started taking the medication, there was a little bit of toing and froing, trying different medications for before we found one that worked for me um but yeah i think the 
people sort of feel shamed in admitting that they take uh, medication to help with their mental health. Yeah. I don't think it's any different to taking Panadol if you have a headache, like you're trying to fix a problem. Um, but yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> so uh, closing out, uh, you have any? Uh, tips for this uh, two, two biking amateurs <laughs> so so we talked about goals setting goals i yeah. think we need to set another date another trip and we have the ratafian adventure part two yeah i mean so, so what are we doing no, i like, really on, enjoyed last two days like i i didn't know jack at all till i stumbled on instagram of Yeah, all the bike, uh, the bikes and coffee and the bike-related cafes I, I follow in in the Netherlands. And I was like, some kind of Aussie extreme cyclist is going all those. So I, I just texted him, like, interesting story. And I ended up being in the toilet cuddling with him, you know, in like... <laughs> Staining. In, in Rupert drinking Ratafia, you know, like, and, and those things are like, yeah, actually for me in my mind, it's... It's crazy that I can do things like that right now in December because normally I would never think of doing that like, like this in December. Yeah. Uh, Nicky thought of going, uh, Nicky Turpsa, he was initially he was joining uh, Morocco. Yeah. And uh, a few a week on beforehand he, he bailed out because of, yeah, he was afraid of getting sick and the season was coming. It was already the end of November and he turned out to be right because the day i got back for three days straight i was on the toilet you know like <laughs> like pissing for my ass yeah so it was not a yeah there's and an dennis, the, the hustle dennis is the same here but so i i was never be able to do such things and now I, i stumble upon a guy on instagram and and we just do it and we have fun for two days and, and you're not sick because you were just 10 minutes or yeah. like uh, two hours ago you said When I used to do things like, I'm so glad I can do things like this now because when I did them last year or years ago. I would ago, be coughing green shit right now yeah. because of that cold night and stuff like that, but I gained a few kilos and maybe that's helping or maybe it's also the free mind, you know, like I'm not afraid to be sick, you know. If I'm sick, I'm sick and I don't ride a bike for a week or so, whatever. What's the worst? What can happen, you know? And still, uh, I think the stress will will hit me when Peter Stadina is, is, is training his balls when, off. When does training start for you? Yeah. January 1, right? January 1, training starts, you know. Because full focus on Kenza. First, I, yeah, full focus on Kenza. I do some grasshoppers, Egmond, Pierre Egmond, beach racing. Yes. We also do the 11th of January. We do that too. Invite Jack. Yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, so so right now I'm enjoying myself. But I I, I try to 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 keep this spirit for 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 2020 onwards. You know, like still have the lunches like we had today and we'll whatever. see each other in cancer, right? Sounds good. Maybe before the guy starts 24 hours. Early. I don't know how much earlier, but he, he they they ride through the night and we can start at 6 a.m. In Dutch, Precies. we have the saying, he's, uh, he will two pounds over. Yeah. <laughs> you, you will probably two pounds over, but uh, we don't uh, we don't care. The other way of looking at it, though, I will have earned more beers than you boys at the end. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Smart guy. Thanks. No worries. For this fun and laughter. Uh, how, do, how, how would we call this episode? Bikepacking, ultra endurance mental health <laughs> we touched a lot of uh, maybe we'll have a brainstorm about that in the bar where the where the Swedish uh, women volleyball team uh, is now right now uh, drinking Girona. beers uh, we're going to uh, Girona again thanks for being on uh, the podcast um, this is it man yeah. done and dusted again episode I don't know 47 I think See you next time. Don't know where, don't know when. Until then, live slow, ride fast.